You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Hello and welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica and today I am joined by Eloise from JCN Clinic. Hello, El. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everybody. If you're a regular listener, you would have heard Eloise on the podcast late last year and we talked about having Elle back on the show to talk over fertility and sharing her really interesting story in this arena, which I don't have a lot of knowledge about myself, so I'm really interested in, in hearing what she has to say. But overall today, we wanted to talk about fertility taking two. So what we mean by that, um, and this was Eloise's uh, idea coming into this year and 2024 as a new year, knowing that a lot of people can approach this time of year with the idea of potentially having a baby and starting to plan and what that looks like within the year and the context of the year itself. And she was saying about how with fertility, of course, it takes two to tango and that in some ways is a little bit of a, a new well, I say newer approach, like in our industry, I don't think that it is, but um, maybe yeah. more yeah. mainstream, the concept of looking outside the female is relatively new. So we wanted to talk about fertility and how two people are involved. And Eloise is also very kindly and honestly going to be sharing her own story with fertility along the way. So I thought, Elle, it would be great to start with talking a little bit about your journey, getting to where you are as a mum with four kids (laughs) and um, the concept of taking two people to get to where you are. um, And obviously we'll, we'll weave in different components of today as we go. Sure. Um, so I suppose it's a not a passion project, but it's definitely an area that I'm very interested in, probably because I've been down this road and it was a very, very long journey. Um, you can obviously see on my Instagram page that I do have four children. And I suppose from the outside, you will think, wow, you know, that law looks great. She's healthy. You know, she has everything. You know, she's got that success with her family. But, you know, there was a good 13, 14 years of fertility struggles there, which really, I think, shaped me as a practitioner. Um, Definitely my nature, very tenacious to kind of find solutions. I remember my fertility doctor saying, I've never met anyone like you before, like you are just relentless. But there was a goal and a picture that I had and I just used to see this big family. So I was just, wasn't going to give in that that was the only option for me. 
Um, and so I guess I made it my life's, I don't know, biggest kind of decision that I was just going to go for this and kind of keep going and research and do everything I had to do. But um, I guess initially it kind of all came out that there was something else going on for me because initially about 13 years ago, um, I'd had three consecutive miscarriages. Um, and back then they, and I don't know if that's, I think this is still the case, sorry, that they won't do any investigations until you have had those three consecutive miscarriages, which in hindsight, you think, why? Like, I know that miscarriages is also something that is quite common, you know, it's nature's way of, you know, kind of not letting it go to that next kind of level. But the heartache that's still attached to that can be so hard for some people and there's so many things that we can kind of do now with all the functional testing that we can kind of hopefully uncover a lot earlier than waiting for those three mm -hmm. consecutive miscarriages to happen. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a pretty hard pill to swallow um, and, yeah, it's... Um, we did have that, that testing done. So they do a lot of like physiolog physi physiological testing. So, you know, the dye tests through the uterus, making sure there was no kind of structural um, abnormalities. Um, for those, for, for me, that was all fine. There was a couple of things that had come back with pathology testing. So um, for me personally, all my other labs were okay, um, but I did come up with a very common um gene mutation that a lot of Caucasian people have called MTHFR, um, which basically is a bit, it means that your body can't absorb folate in its active form, raises kind of levels of homocysteine, that sort of stuff. At the time, they didn't think that that was necessarily the reason for um, the miscarriages, but in the last kind of 15 years, there's a whole new wave of information coming through about that specific gene um, and what that means to the individual person, which has been a focus of mine specifically for me. Um, my husband, his labs came back okay. Um, he had a bit of a genetic um, uh, mutation come up as a hemochromatosis carrier, which basically is a elevated um, levels of iron in the body. But unfortunately for him, he doesn't fall into the classification of getting it removed from his system mm. on a bi-monthly basis, which kind of leaves you in the limbo of, you know, you and I know what a lot of women have their basic ferritin levels. When you're looking at someone with a hemochromatosis gene, you could be looking at anywhere upwards of 500 um, ferritin, which is huge. Um, so, but it was interesting because those findings didn't correlate to any treatment approach from the specialists that I was seeing. Um, so this was very, while unfortunate that I was going through this, very fortunate that I had started my studies and was able to support myself, do my own research, um, and apply a treatment protocol essentially to myself and my husband. Um, and here we are with four children. Um, <laughs> but, 
yeah, it was definitely a road. There's lots of other little bits and bobs in between. I've had every test under the sun. I had an ectopic pregnancy, lost a fallopian tube. Um, from my right ovary, that was my overperforming ovary where all the they could see where the egg had come from. So still had these tenacious eggs trying to come and um you know fertilize and that has what what has what's happened um so yeah a bit of a journey but definitely a big learning experience for my practice I think yeah absolutely and with the you've touched on it there with your husband and him having testing done along the way and interestingly about the hemochromatosis did you feel when you were going through this and having the testing done that it was with the respect of both of you or did you feel like you had to push knowing what you know to have him also considered and looked at? Um, yep. Yeah. Definitely was a push on my end. And I have to say that even just after that first lot of bloods, he was never, ever followed up with anything again after that, which is is quite disappointing because we know that sperm health can dramatically change um, and be very affected by lifestyle. Um, Mm. And, you know, like that's such a good starting point for any kind of um, conception um plan is getting both of you checked making sure that those really important components so the sperm health is being checked and that that that's looking okay and if it's not well what can we do about it and then that other side of it it is the female well okay well let's making sure that you've got good egg health um you know your cycle is really well but definitely there is such a focus of that now of both parties coming in and getting that testing done and being supported for whatever their individual needs are um Mm -hmm. yeah I kind of only wish it would have been a little bit more of a focus for us all those years ago for sure for sure was he so you mentioned the blood testing was sperm testing done for him at that time yeah only that one time so um it was never kind of yeah never checked again and you know like He's a tradie, so, you know, we've got kind of exposure to different kind of, um, you know, environmental factors for him, which I think depending on the employment for the for the male, you know, getting that kind of routinely checked could be something that could be done if it is, is an issue of not falling pregnant sooner rather than later. And it's such an easy test and they're very cost effective now. Mm-hmm. So true. So with you... With the hindsight of what you have been through in the past and um, there'll be more that I'd love to hear there as far as what were, you know, with the testing and the changes that were made, um, what what do you think now when you look at couples as a practitioner who are keen to start thinking about getting ready for conception and starting to put a plan together what do you think as far as the focal area and the steps that they can be starting to look at as a couple and I guess 
the importance of this concept of the two people that are involved. I know we're talking very heteronormative yeah. couples here, um, yeah, but I yeah, guess even sure. at the end of the day, even if it's outside of that spectrum, there's usually there's usually a way that we still need to look at um, the quality of Absolutely. parties that are involved. So, yeah, I'm just curious about your thoughts there. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think that at the end of the day, it's, you know, trying to get that body in a, a state of balance that, you know, we're trying to kind of get those eggs and that sperm to kind of be in the best possible quality that we can. So, you know, for me, I'm looking at, you know, prenatals for both three to six months prior to conception, you know, getting on top of that metabolic health, um, reducing stress, getting those foundational nutritional um, markers up to date. So whether it's, you know, checking if there's any imbalances, reducing, eliminating inflammation, um, you know, checking if there's any allergies that have been undetected. Um, you know, you and I both know what inflammation can do to the body and the different ways it can come into the system. Well, inflammation also affects fertility and what that can do even when it's on implantation. So um, really robust kind of testing to check that yeah, those markers are looking okay. Your basic bloods like your B12, your zinc, they're all up to date and they look quite healthy. Um, whether any kind of functional testing might also be an option if there is kind of um, a gut picture or some dysbiosis or some allergies, essentially getting that body to a state of equilibrium. And interestingly enough, a lot of fertility clinics use um, anti-inflammatory medication to 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 elicit that in the body so um, as nutritionists we know the importance of what anti-inflammatory foods can also do for your system um, with a whole host of other benefits from consuming them as well mm, yeah so true so so true you mentioned yeah. then too about that time frame like of three to six months like if you if you had an ideal scenario and definitely with respect that to people who are listening, who are starting to put themselves in this category of wanting to plan, do you feel like there is an ideal time frame to start working on this and start looking at your health and the complete picture of being in the best state that you can for you and your partner? Sure. Yeah, definitely. I think, in an ideal world, you know, you'd say starting point of, you know, six months before. Um, and in that mindset of, you know, maybe there is some sort of underlying kind of health conditions that we need to tackle um, personally. So whether that's, you know, what we were discussing about gut issues or thyroid, you know, those kind of markers that we can kind of get on top of. The egg and the sperm really take you know, that three-month cycle to develop and mature. So, you know, if you had that three months prior to really get your body in a great state, whether you needed to do a little bit of detoxification work, um, you know, then you've kind of got that body in a really good state to produce a great sperm and a great egg that can meet together and be in the best healthy state possible um, for a viable pregnancy, essentially. Then a great yeah. pregnancy and then a great post postpartum. For sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Like even when you talk about the like the health um, and the time frames as far as sperm and, and egg quality and like literally 
the time that is involved there. So if you if you kind of do the maths on on that and where that gets you to, yeah. Um, yeah. And then even with that concept of like six months having a couple of additional months up your sleeve for, for other sure. potential components that might might need work, whether it's the nutritional deficiencies or other inflammatory conditions. Um, But I guess the beauty of like pre-thinking this um, is that it gives you that time to investigate all of those areas with a professional. Absolutely. um, Which is, yeah, the beauty of going into that. Um, So I guess, again, coming back to your story there, like you've, kind of gone into that initially and then it's like wow hang on a second why you know what's going on here like something you know something is not right like then you start diving in because I think again you having that practitioner mindset it to to dig deeper so as you you mentioned as you started to dig deeper there was like your husband's hemochromatosis and yourself um as far as the genetic um, markers that were coming up, was there anything else that as you moved through this yourself that you uncovered and found and then how did you make changes uh, in relation to those findings? Yeah, good question. I think for me personally with the diagnosis of MTHFR, as a, I guess for someone that doesn't know, you know, this is essentially our body's methylation so methylation is you know your whole energy cycle um you know mthfr is linked to so many different aspects of the body so for me it while i was obviously just in my early stages of studying it really defined and pushed me down an avenue of well there's no turning back here so i know that this is not just something that's important for me to get to my goal, which was a pregnancy, but lifelong. So there was Mm. so many lifestyle changes that I've even adapted to this day. And, you know, even just before we hopped on, I told you that I was in the sauna. So the the things that are beneficial for me with this particular um, variant that a lot of people do have is, you know, making sure that I'm having a nice fresh food diet, healthy eating, avoidance of um, synthetic folate, uh, folic acid, sorry, um, really supporting my liver and my detoxification pathways, which even when you hear those couple of points, you realise, well, hey, they're all really important factors for fertility mm. as well. Mm. Um, and so this kind of style of living is just just a way of life for me, you know, the avoidance of alcohol or, you know, excessive kind of, um, drinking, things like that, you know, really being conscious of what you're putting in your body in terms of food or on your body, um, you know, stress reduction, all of those factors that have just, yeah, carried on um, through my, through the last 13 years, which has been very great and beneficial because after four kids, I'm nearly 40. <laughs> I feel great. And, mm. um it's almost like you wish you could scream it from the top of the roof of how beneficial um, adapting these lifestyle changes can be for, for yourself and those around you. 
that's such a testament when you have four kids to hear you say that <laughs> for looking after yourself. It's one thing for someone who's in their 40s to say, oh, you know, I take care of myself, I feel great. But as someone with four kids to say that, that is an advertisement right there. <laughs> <laughs> I probably definitely look my age but no I do you know I feel like you know if you sleep well you wake up you have energy in the morning you've got a good mindset and you can still exercise and you know live a positive happy life well what are you doing and um yeah those lifestyle changes have been massive for me mm. what about your husband like as far as changes that he made like was that more just an on-flow from you making changes and do you think oh. that there's anything independent <laughs> that he made or anything that he did that helped or do you look back and go it was probably more about what I did? This is a bit of a tricky one because um, I don't think the kind of the penny had dropped for him early on in the sense of how important it was for it to be 50-50 and this is sort of something that you do see with consultations for fertility that sometimes the female will come by herself and she'll relay that information but it is really mm -hmm. important for both of them to come and be as focused because it is really important and I think for my husband I don't think he really understood how those changes were going to be beneficial you know we've got this um culture in Australia where you know a little bit of this a little bit of that is okay and mm. you know we know as a practitioner you know what those kind of little bit here and there or long term can do so in an in an ideal world it would have been great for him not to have any alcohol at all for the last you know kind of 13 years but you've got to be realistic to kind of where those each individual people were at I think now he's really got it and he runs marathons and he does challenges and he does 100Ks in 24 hours. So and I'm like, oh, that's great. We've had our kids now. <laughs> you could have done that, you know, 10 years ago and maybe we may not have been in this situation. But, um, you know, that's hindsight and that's life. And, you know, you learn and then you pass on these kind of pearls that you can help other people mm. with. Um, so, but, yeah, he's... Um, He's my number one advocate and does follow everything to a T now. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's really he interesting. He's great. Particularly, yeah, like as far as the change. Yeah, it, it's so cultural and such a even just, yeah, that social perception, um, which I think is slowly yeah. starting to change. But it's just fascinating to hear like how he's, journey through it was in comparison to yours and it's yeah it's it, yeah. and then he's how his life sounds like it's changed over the years more influenced by yeah. what you're doing and then sounds like there's some yeah. things also him himself there too with training and and yeah. so forth but again I guess that is all part of what really drives you in this space as far as like considering all of the factors and in an ideal scenario, being able to help people conceive and having literally both parties there in the consultation yeah. and both parties yeah. being open to the right, right, what, what do I need to do? Please, you know, can you tell us 
we we want to have a kid this year like what do we need to do yeah. what are what are the main steps that we need to consider like that's that's the dream yeah <laughs> that's the dream absolutely yeah and you know I think sometimes people like it broken down you know and I think a lot of people are kind of after that e- extra help that expert help where they can say okay well I've got to get this test and this test. Let's just make sure where where we're at. Also, you know, detailed meal plans that are easy to follow that are specific for mm. fertility. Um, you know that there's so many things that you can do with food that really support that health of the egg and the sperm. That maybe people don't realize there's a lot of things that you can do for lifestyle changes. You know, specifically for men. You know, how many men stick their phones in their pocket? Um, you know, how many men are wearing underpants still or you know riding their bikes you know those are kind of things that it all kind of adds up and you kind of just need someone to put it into a package or you know a plan and just say look let's reduce this let's give Mm. this a go you know let's increase this so I think definitely very passionate about this space and how it can be helpful um, to a couple even if you aren't or are going through fertility um, treatment because more often than not, they don't offer this level of nutritional support. You know, you go in, you do your tests, they kind of lay it out for you what they're going to do and it's often very stressful, um, very mm-hmm. expensive. And at the end of the day, they're working with what they've got in front of them. So they've got an egg and they've got sperm. Well, what can we do in those six months prior to make them the best possible quality to then give them to the IVF? clinic to do their magic work on Um, and that's I think a really important message to get out more that there's so much you can do prior to that that you might even fall pregnant prior to kind of going down that road Um, so yeah it's um it's an interesting space and it's a really rewarding space as well for me have you seen that I wanted to get into that next for sure as far as like once people start going down fertility support but have you seen that with clients where that's they've got fertility help such as IVF on the cards but prior to starting that they're working with you with the intent of getting themselves as ready and as healthy for the IVF itself and then through working on their health actually fall pregnant naturally have you ever had that occur? Yeah, I have. I've had a couple of those instances and I've also had a couple that have kind of just had that idea in the background that they were going to do IVF um, and then went through all the markers, got everything checked off and didn't need to. And that's a Mm. huge relief because it is a very expensive expenditure and sometimes you might not be very successful the first time. You know, it's – but it it obviously has a place in um, the – fertility world and you know we definitely need it but it's yeah it is very rewarding when you kind of someone will send you a text message or an email and it's got that double line and you know you get as much joy as (laughs) I used to get um, which is really nice and you know they haven't had to go through all the needles and all the stress of you know raising the hormones and that other Mm -hmm. aspect of what IVF entails because while I didn't necessarily go through um, an IVF cycle I still did the early um, management for each pregnancy so it's essentially 12 weeks of a lot of needles through the tummy lots of blood tests nice. um, which 
as someone who's very level-headed and kind of is in the game who could really um, watch how I was reacting to it, it was a lot, you know, mm. and I guess you could say I was a, a seasoned campaigner of blood tests and um, scans and stuff. But for the average woman who is new to this, it's very, very hard, very stressful waiting for those levels to double, checking to see if there's a heartbeat, maybe not seeing a heartbeat, going back three weeks later. The the mental load is really hard. So if you can avoid that um, for anyone, I think I, I'd love to be able to do that for somebody. Yes. Yeah, so true. And I know even mm. like some some women in particular, I know I've seen this with clients who have been through hormonal issues and had hormonal problems prior to thinking about pregnancy and have been working yeah. with myself or other practitioners at the clinic for a couple of years and then they're starting to think about fertility that it often comes with baggage because they've had these hormonal issues to date and often they've been told along the way by whether it's been a doctor or a specialist mm. at a point that most likely this is going to be a struggle for you you need to start thinking about this sooner rather than later so there's a lot of there's like this mental load already mm. um, that they tend to have like it's like a they want they're like okay I need to start looking at this now and it's totally they've, they've almost told themselves a story already this will be hard this won't happen easy for me and totally. I don't know the yep. irony is I don't know if you've seen if they've done all of this work that often no it doesn't always happen but often more than not I've seen when they've done all of this work that you've been highlighting they actually do fall pregnant yep. a lot easier than they expect to yeah you know, absolutely, you know, you're just saying that, absolutely, you see that all the time and I think it's a preconceived idea, oh, well, maybe you've been told that you've got this. Where's the proof that you do have um, PCOS and that you're going to have trouble falling pregnant, you know? So yeah. that's another kind of layer of investigative work that we do is, you know, making sure that the cycle is actually working, that you mm. are having an ovulatory cycle where each month, you know, you could potentially still be having a bleed, but you might not be ovulating. You know, they're kind of basic 101 of fertility health is, are you ovulating? And unless you're checking the progesterone at the right time, or, you know, you're really being really thorough at getting that right day, it's not something that gets checked. And that's really quite sad because you could be saving someone a whole lot of trouble by just spending three months of tracking the cycle to begin with. Um, you know, even pinpointing that alone could be the best starting point for a couple to kind of, um, you know, starting place for fertility. But say, for instance, she's not getting that cycle, well, then that's when you'd work as a practitioner and you're like, well, let's get to the bottom of why, you know, have we got restrictive diet styles, Um have we got high um, stress through the body? You know, what are those other factors that are inhibiting that, mm -hmm. um, you know, that function that you need to succeed to have a baby? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so true. So you mentioned IVF. And there's a lot of restrictive eating going on at the moment as well, you know, in lots of different pockets of society. 
Um, sorry, I just cut you off there. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, you're so you're so true. Like that's a massive component. Like, and again, I think the average mm. person, you know, off the street would not understand how their restrictive eating patterns are affecting their hormones or their stress or even overtraining is a big one, particularly for females and males and how that's affecting their hormones. Um, And they might be like maybe they're still having a period, as you said, but maybe, yeah, it is erratic or um, how is their overtraining and their under-eating affecting their ovulation like you don't really, these are the sort of deeper layers that working with someone that understands the complexities is so valuable for. Uh, and often yeah. they might not be a big change, like as much as they're expecting, but they're just the right change for their hormones. Absolutely. You know, there's such a big space in the gym world of low carb, high protein, you know, the yeah. the ovaries need carbohydrates to, you know, if you're underfed, your body's not going to be producing an egg to reproduce you know the body will just switch off so and you know if you kind of are following you know whether it's even a keto style of eating you know there is all those different implications of that and you know while those diets we know have a place for individual people it's not something that you would recommend um, someone wanting to have a baby do any restrictive kind of eating you know in the lead up to it so yeah, I've definitely had my fair share of um, amenorrhea clients um, that haven't really understood uh, their intense exercise, how that was having a role with their hormonal health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're talking years of, of a lady not having a period for seven or nine years, which is massive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so true. So true. It's so interesting, really. So we were talking and we mentioned before about IVF. There's, I sort of break this into two areas, I guess, in my mind. Like we've got, we've got the potential couple or person that is looking, they're like, right, I want to have a baby this year. This is what I want to do. What do I need to do? I need, I want to start working with you. What are the steps that I can take? What do myself and my partner look at needing to, you know, needing to, to bring into our life? Give me that list. Let's let's go. Um, then we've yep. got on the flip side, we've got someone who is going through or has gone through trying to conceive um, and hasn't been successful. And now yep. they're at a point where they're starting to look at something like IVF, um, whether it's as a couple or as an individual, or even interestingly, I would bring into this um, egg freezing. I know I've got a lot of clients, female clients now that mm. are going down this pathway um, and have started to work with them again, as far as this concept of like, what can I do prior to egg yep. collection to maximize the quality of my eggs? But I feel like this is such a really amazing space. And as you said yourself, like there's so much that we can be doing from a nutritional aspect and overall health aspect to support the fertility 
alongside IVF or alongside yeah. preparing the body for an, an egg collection for freezing. So, yeah, yeah, did you want to speak a little bit about that? Yeah, I think it's definitely part of, you know, so many um, avenues of, you know, women going down that road of egg freezing. And I think it's just important to remember, you know, that those diet changes or supplement changes, you know, and really increasing certain nutrients through the body are really beneficial. Um, We want that egg health to be amazing, you know. So, you know, you could work with a, a single female and, you know, she could really do a lot of, deep down investigative work to make sure her body was kind of, and, you know, and, and I guess the proof is in putting if she's feeling well as well, you know, there could be a six month or three to six month kind of treatment protocol where, you know, you are focused on specifically egg health alone. You know, we can tailor a meal plan and um, a treatment protocol for her that would be supportive of that. Um, you know, definitely all those beautiful antioxidants, CoQ10, um, you know, eggs, the choline, zinc, you know, you just, yeah, you get excited talking about those beautiful foods um, that you can include in someone's diet, um, egg, egg freezing or IVF. Um, and, you know, there's what we would do as practitioners doesn't inhibit anything that the fertility centres are doing. It's very um, conducive to essentially supporting supporting the cycle as best as you can. Hi guys, just a quick note to let you know, we are now offering $10 off my cookbook Eat for JCN podcast listeners only. So there is a new discount code you can use, JCN podcast, all one word in capital letters. Head to the website, the link is in the show notes and you just use that coupon code at check out and that will give you $10 off. Really excited to bring you this. It's a way for us to say thank you for listening to the podcast. And again, that is JCN podcast, all one word, head to the website, link in the show notes. Mm, For sure. And I imagine the other side of what can be done here, as you were saying before, this, this area even yourself with what you did say you went through there's a lot of additional stress like a huge load of stress with going through yep anything in this area so as a nutritionist like yes there's the food and the supplemental component for the quality of the egg and um, the sperm for the male but there's also a layer of what can be done to support the body through the stress um, and I gather support yeah. as well. Like, have you have you worked with women who have been going through this process? I have, and it's it is a tricky one. I feel like because I think sometimes with IVF, clients will just think, "Well, that's that's the key to success." And mm. sometimes you've got to kind of let them go down that road, and you know, wish them wish them the best. Um, Mm. I think we always, I think with scientific stuff, we think, okay, well, we're going to get there with this. Mm. And unfortunately, sometimes it isn't successful and it's heartbreaking and it's really sad. Um, So, you know, then you might get them come back to you and, you know, we just kind of work on 
what we can do to support the body and kind of rebalance those hormones again and just recalibrate everything again, which is hard to do with IVF cycles, you know, where you're overstimulating certain hormones, you're trying to reduce this. It is trying to just, from a practitioner point of view, recalibrate that body again. Um, but, you know, that really supporting of that mental load is such an important um, part of, I think, a fertility journey, which is often often overlooked. Um, yeah, yeah, mm. it's, it's a hard one. It's, it's really upsetting sometimes. I imagine it would be something that as far as your experience and going through everything that you've been through would be really, really valuable to bring to the table and work with clients in this space. Like obviously there's so much passion that you have for it, but just, yeah, like understanding the depths of the stress and the mental load of this yeah. and the nuances because I feel like from a medical a lot of point of view there's yeah right and like you they're going yeah. in they're having their IVF and they're going through that process but it's just there you you're in there you're there to get it done there's not really a yeah. support team around you of any absolutely kind of load. yeah 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 you know you're you're not another number but I guess you're kind of you're not explained the ins and outs of it. You know, I was mm. nearly upping almost on up to double digits for miscarriages. And, you know, in the end, you become your own advocate for what works for you. And I really like to share that with my clients because you take on face value what a specialist says to you. Um, yeah. And, you know, even say, for instance, I know that I can say, about folate and the active form of folate to you I could say that to you from a special specialist the top guy in Australia was still recommending that I take five milligrams of folic acid mm-hmm. um, which you know there's it's a lonely space in the infertility world and I think having been through that experience you can really work through that and look miscarriages might not be everyone's journey um mm-hmm but at least preparing them for the, the word nuances is was such it's spot on it's exactly kind of mm. oh sorry my phone's you're right hang up that sorry <laughs> um you know just subtly prepare them for this journey i think is important mm. yeah so true you know the other thing i thought of when you were saying that too about the miscarriages um I don't know whether we, I feel like we might've touched on this in our last chat podcast chat. Yeah. It's also an area as women or even, I shouldn't even say as women, like I just think in general with pregnancy, it happens so frequently and it's just not also given enough attention. Like I know with working with clients and seeing them, initially start looking at conceiving I I see how often it happens um and I think yeah I don't know what your thoughts are but I feel like there's also um a bit of a skewed understanding of the frequency of how Mm -hmm. many women have a miscarriage and then go on to have children but yeah like it's it's I don't feel like it's still to this day 
talked about um and I don't know yeah. whether like as someone like just being open I I haven't experienced a miscarriage but I don't know whether it's also when you go through that because it feels so private and it's not something that you want to talk about but I I don't know like I just feel yeah. like it doesn't it doesn't get the attention that it I feel it deserves so when women do have it happen to them I yeah. see with clients that they just feel this sense of like, what did I do? What did I do wrong? And it's like, no, yeah. did you do anything wrong? Like this happens more than you yeah. realise. <laughs> it's it's a really good question because it is such a, it's an interesting topic because yes, it is very common, but there can be underlying sort of issues. I've mm. found personally that, you know, when you have one, oh, you know, I'm really sorry. It's just bad luck. Once you kind of get onto multiple, you know, mm. you kind of, you'll end up kind of withdrawing and not talking about it because there are other levels of, um, I don't know. I think sometimes people don't know what to say, mm. you know, they mean well, how do you kind of really support someone, um, you know, that's going through that or has gone through that and, you know, people pull back and, you know, you might not be as social as you used to. It's, it is a tricky space and I'm finding there's a lot more people on social media now really talking about it, which is so brave. Mm. Um, mm. That wouldn't have been something that I could ever do. Um, I really don't know if I had shame as a practitioner, but I think, you know, just, well, why is it happening, you know, and it is mm. part of life. It's, you know, the life's way of, you know, making sure that the human that's that's born is, you know, well and healthy and that sort of stuff. It's um but yeah, it's it is a it's a tricky one to talk about. I think the other thing that doesn't often get talked about is also well you have a miscarriage, what happens afterwards? You know, it's not just you kind of wake up and then the next day you're kind of back to normal. So, you know, you're either booking in for um, some intervention it could be an intervention at home it could be a natural passing you know there's a lot of other layers that mm. when you look back on it you think well if I could do anything I could to support this cycle I'd be doing that so I hopefully don't kind of have to go down that road and um, as someone who's kind of been through every different intervention possible mm -hmm. no one wants to do that you know it's very mm -hmm. rattling it's unsettling um, it's timely and it could just kind of grab you at any moment and kind of bring you back down again. So, um, yeah, miscarriage is a bit of a, it's sad. It, it is nice that there's a lot of other influencers out there talking about it, um, a lot more, but yeah, like, yeah. I haven't been so brave other than today really to talk yeah, about it here no, and there. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So I appreciate you even sharing what you've shared. Oh, no, it, thank you. Yeah. Um, and it's often a bit forgotten when you you get to the end and you have your goal and you've got your kids. But, mm. you know, I think when we were discussing about this podcast, you know, you talk about it and it kind of brings it all up again. And, you know, I think having a support person there who's either been on a part journey or, you know, it, it really makes all the difference of a practitioner who's kind of gone down that road and knows the ins and outs of it all. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It'd be an absolute chalk and cheese experience yeah. to have that support. So I guess as we sort of 
bring this to a close, given in mind everything that we've talked about and that you've so um, lovely, sh- lovingly shared, what what could people listening do if they are thinking like they could be in either boat, of course, of, of both different scenarios we've discussed, but in an ideal world, mm-hmm. like with your experience and everything you've been through, like if you could say to someone who was like considering getting into this year and wanting to start looking at getting ready for conception um, or perhaps even someone who is starting to look at getting assistance with something like IVF, like if you could like kind of get, as you said, sometimes you feel like you want to get up and scream it from the rooftop, like what are those kind of standout things you'd be like, well, this is what I'd love you to do. Like if there was some like standouts, and I know that might be a big question because there's so many factors, but are there some main points that come to mind that you'd love people to just keep in mind first and foremost? I think so, like, let's kind of just do stuff that they could easily do at home. Ideally, you'd love Mm. to see them for a consultation, but let's just say, like, a couple of um, starting points would be watching the food that you're putting into your body, you know, where it doesn't have to be, well, ideally organic, but, you know, not everyone can afford that, you know, fresh, wholesome foods, real food, um, you know, not those ultra-processed foods, so cleaning up the diet and being as well as you can with, you know, good, good nutrition. Um, the second thing, uh, which is kind of, I think maybe a bit sort of missed is vaping, smoking and drinking. Um, Mm. you know, they've got their own, um, obviously nasties along with them, but yeah, vaping is just as bad as smoking. Alcohol is just as bad as smoking. Um, and there's, you know, they're kind of, so reducing, I guess, reducing the intake of alcohol and obviously stopping smoking. Um, thirdly, I think is looking at what products you're putting on your body and you're using around your home. So, you know, it's, it's a great way now is to kind of, you know, finish up what you've got, have a look at those products, you know, whether they're the heavily scented things, um, candles or, you know, sprays. Coles and Woolies have amazing natural um, cleaning products now. Um, We know that what you put on your body and what you use in your house is now being shown to be seen in the bloodstream and can even be passed on, you know, through the baby as these, you know, forever plastics and chemicals and stuff like that. So keeping it as natural as possible with what you use in the house and on your body is a great starting point. So you know, great food, reducing alcohol, stopping smoking and endocrine disrupting um, chemicals and um, body products, I think. I love it. Absolutely love it. And then come and see me for a consult. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I tell you what, though, those three points are so like big, uh, you know, we often talk about all the time, this sort of concept of foundations, but just those three areas to really clean Mm. them up and both people again Mm. coming back to this idea of like two to tango um not just one of you doing it but both of you doing this um I was sort of like thinking of my husband that when he gets in the shower to clean it he jumps in with a bottle of like spray bleach and 
<laughs> sprays the whole shower down while he's in there, just absorbing it through his skin, you know, like yeah, and you not know, ideal. <laughs> not ideal. And sometimes, you know, you just have to, you know, check yourself again and be like, oh, hang on, what is in that? What am yeah. I using? You know, yeah. and often you can make a really easy spray with your vinegar and your leftover orange rind or le- uh, lemon rind, um, you know, and essential oils, and they're often so much cheaper. So, um, yeah, sometimes we just need to remind ourselves. Plastics as well, no more plastic water bottles. You know, I think that's a huge one. I probably, if I could pick four, yeah, avoiding mm-hmm. plastics as much as possible. Yeah, yes, yeah, so true. So you also mentioned obviously seeing yourself like I think anyone listening today who's interested in this topic, if we could even call it a topic, <laughs> interested in <laughs> wanting to maximise their fertility and in, in any of the areas that we've talked about, like I would be like, oh, my God, Eloise, I need to go and see her. So <laughs> we have put together a package specifically with this in mind and what we've done um, is we've put this together with the intention of focusing on both people involved. So it's a, a couple's yeah. package um, and that doesn't have to be like, well, Eloise and I haven't even discussed this, but, you know, we say a couple in most, you know, is it going to be like a heteronormative couple booking in? Great. If not, fine. Like whether it's, it is just yourself yeah. um, or whether um, any situation, like I, I don't want to be, um, it, you know, obviously exclusive because we understand that this could be again, any type of situation, but we do want to put yeah. attention onto the fact that it needs to be ideally outside of just the framework of all of this being just on the female's shoulders. So yeah. this yeah. package is about a focus on fertility for all parties involved, let's just say, but most of those situations, of course, there's going to be a sperm and an egg. So we yes. want to make sure we're maximising the health of the um, sperm and the egg and the parties that are involved in the pregnancy wow I sound like I'm trying to be so yes. PC with this explanation don't I <laughs> oh it's hard yeah I know you did very well but yeah it's all just about the sperm and the egg and however they come together you just come yeah. and then give let's talk about that one and that one I know well it's, it's kind of you and I hadn't discussed this but as we've been talking about it, I'm like well you know if if you've got um two females looking at having a baby like I tell you what that I don't know if you've had that but that'd be a really fascinating scenario because you've got like a sperm donor and then you've also got like which of the females is going to carry the baby and like usually in a situation like that you might have one of the females that's carrying baby number one and then if they're going again like maybe yeah. the other lady does it so it would be yeah. oh, I'd love that how cool would that be yeah, so, yeah. so yes all welcome. ladies all welcome. if that's you I'm sure Eloise is like me it'd be like that'd be so cool to work with yeah 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 you know and I'm just even thinking oh well if there was something that we knew that needed to be worked on a bit longer and you know the other one wanted to put her hand up because her health was a little bit more at that beneficial place for the moment you know then we could work on yeah the brain yeah right working like imagine I'm literally just thinking about this but if you had a scenario like that 
um, whether it was um, females or males, um, they might yeah. even come along with the intention of like one of us is going to be the the donor this time around or one of us is going to be the mum yes. or the dad. We want to work with you to figure out who's better to do that first off, who's in better health, and then how do we maximise yeah, yeah, yeah. person number two for baby number two. It would be really, yeah. Yes interesting and there's a lot of couples that are doing this now so yeah I think it's yeah just yeah. interesting discussion but the package itself um do you want to talk a little bit about what that is offering so it's two it's so the the couple well sorry the fertility package I'll say couple because that might not be how the scenario is um so you'll come in and you'll have basically an initial consultation for each of you so you'll each be getting the exact same um, time and dedication and thoroughness that the other one will be getting Um, they're two 90 minute sessions Um, it'll be going over your health history your lifestyle um, basically a really good overview of your health until now Um, what we'll do is there'll also be a suggestion for pathology that'll be sent out after that first consultation. Um, and they're just those kind of basic markers that we really want to understand and see what, what levels are at, if there's anything out of balance. Um, what we usually do is then you'll have a tailored meal plan that'll be specific for this journey of fertility. Um, and then we will come back for a follow-up, you'll both have that same follow-up consultation um, and that'll be where we kind of amend that first treatment plan. We'll check in for the bloods. Um, if anything kind of comes back that we need to work on, potentially maybe some functional testing might be necessary. Um, any sort of extra testing will be definitely um, discussed and kind of, um, you know, mentioned with pricing, etc., cetera, uh, which is an additional cost on top of the package um, and then we conclude the package with a final follow-up of just checking in making sure that we're all on the same page that you know the treatment plan is working for you checking how you're going with it um, and then hopefully I become redundant and there's <laughs> success um, and then you know we work together throughout the journey of your pregnancy um, and then postnatal because yeah there is a it's a really nice thing to support someone to get there, then through there, and then after mm. there. Um, there's different stages and of what is really important throughout those different stages. So mm-hmm. um, great package. Yeah, can't wait yes. to, to start it. Yeah, I'm so excited about it. I think it's going to be a really lovely package to offer. Um, and, and I really hope that people who are listening to the podcast – have taken everything on that you've said with respect to how something like the package or even if they're wanting to start with those foundational changes that you mentioned, like how powerful they can be, but to have that additional support of a practitioner and particularly someone like yourself that's just got so much experience in this area can be so valuable. Um, And I do think, again, I know I've already said it, but, I know if it was if I was in that person's shoes to have someone like yourself 
in my court that I could rely on beyond nutrition, um, you know, yeah. as someone that like really understands what I'm going through and knows the right kind of, you know, it's like you'd know the right things to ask, you know, those kind of in-between yeah. components. And as we said before, those nuances of what to expect and where and yeah, like that is just, that is something that is beyond a qualification, <laughs> you know, or a piece of paper yeah. as a nutritionist. That's like, that's life experience yeah. that you're bringing to the table there. And yeah. And I think, you know, I think what I would have loved is some correspondence between my specialist and myself. Mm. Like I wish I would have mm. wrote myself a letter and, you know, and we know as practitioners when health professionals work together you get better Mm. outcomes and I think that that's got to be the way forward with health is everyone having open dialogues about what we're trying to achieve essentially for the client is Mm -hmm. their health so the more we talk and discuss um I think the better um so yeah that's also part of the package as well is you know correspondence um with the mm-hmm. specialist, so we're all on the mm-hmm. same page of, of where you're at and, w- and what we're doing um, for you. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Well, I <laughs> will make sure that the details of the package are in the show notes and you will see the package on the socials too. So you can head to the JCN pages on Instagram or Facebook and obviously mine and Eloise's Instagram, but we'll make sure all of the details are there. Um, did you have any final thoughts that you wanted to share before we finish up? Um, I think just, yeah, be gentle with yourself on those that are on this journey. You know, it can be a long journey. So just being practical of, you know, what you can do, you know, what's in your realm of, of what's accessible for you. So, you know, you might not be in that space where you can, do a package at the moment, but they're those little simple things that you can try at home and just clean up those things that you know, you know, whether it's knowing that you've got a sensitivity or an allergy to a food, you know, just being a bit more conscious of what you're doing with your body, I think is a good starting point. Um, yeah, just be gentle Perfect. and yeah, yeah. No. Do, do some research as well. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Like I just, yeah, I can't thank you enough for obviously sharing your own experience too because it takes a lot um, to open up and be vulnerable about that. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it was nice. I'm happy to share my story and, you know, if my journey helps one person or 20 people, I feel very, um, very valued that I could change someone's life. So happy to share. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And thanks everyone for listening. Uh, If this podcast has particularly been of value to you, we'd love you to share it. It always helps us reach other people. So please share in your socials and we'd love you to leave us a review as always. But otherwise, thank you so much for listening and we will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.